0: This is about to be Bible Ten Commandments truth right here. So everyone, listen up.
1: No, it's probably, <laughs> this is probably going to be like absolute heresy right here. Like, <laughs> like all the other um, really knowledgeable folks of PPC chat are probably going to start like waving pitchforks at us for um, as general as I'm about to get. It's fun.
0: bear Pair podcast i'm your host matthew pump i'm here with my other host
1: reese garcia
0: we're actually finally broadcasting from two different states which is pretty exciting and having technical difficulties on the outset which is always good <laughs> two
1: different states two different time zones this is actually the latest that we've ever recorded i think
0: i know we usually would do them early like on a on a saturday and a saturday afternoon or so or a sunday afternoon and i feel like
1: this should be like a special edition pair bear pair after dark
0: <laughs> we so. are uh I do have my uh, some Talisker whiskey with me today, so I feel it's a very sophisticated show.
1: I know. I feel like I should be. I, I'd I'd like to be doing what you're doing right now. Um, I was telling you earlier how um, our Bing ads reps visited us earlier and they bought us shots. So I purposely had to like start curtailing myself that way I could be coherent <laughs> for this episode.
0: Did you? Uh, did you at least drop that we just d- talked about how they're the DC of um, PPC? <laughs>
1: I wish, like, I was thinking of that the whole time, uh, because, like, so many people, like, people were asking questions, like, about, especially, like, a lot of stuff came up about how Bing's search market share is just smaller by comparison to Google's, and I was thinking about our whole Marvel DC comparison the whole time. I, I really, <laughs> it's probably like one of my bigger regrets now that I didn't bring that
0: up. And it was kind of exciting, too. Over the weekend, uh, Zack Snyder dropped the uh, Justice League trailer, which was pretty pretty dope. Yeah. And then Spider-Man Homecoming came out, I think, today, as the day Ooh. of re-recording this. So. Wow, that's cool. That's also, that also a cool trailer. And I was like, yep, this kind of backs up our Marvel versus DC uh, <laughs> argument for being, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that was such a good—that that would have been a perfect opportunity. I don't know—again, I don't know if that's a positive or a negative thing in their eyes, either. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you have the you have Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman, but you don't have the money of I guess Marvel.
1: <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And Tony Stark.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say, and then what was cool too when one of our uh listeners, uh Matthew, was telling me um through LinkedIn that they actually you know, his he and his team expanded to Bing Ads because of that oh. episode, which was kinda cool to hear. So I was like, Oh good, like we're actually um helping people out apparently. That's always yeah. a, that's always a positive thing to hear. So they uh and he said they've already seen some uh, good, uh, some I think good returns on it. It's like definitely, yeah, oh, wow. it's definitely not the same amount of traffic, but you know, at least it's coming in. Like it's, you know, where they're bringing in stuff. So,
1: yeah, that's awesome.
0: And like we said, it's just a supplement. But yeah, how's everything going? On? Like not just in Cali, but client boost. I mean, I know you and I've talked a couple times, uh, obviously since you moved out there. But I know things are going well, and you obviously just had to a, a hang out with your Bing people. But you're loving yeah. it so far.
1: Yeah, it's so much fun. Uh, I'd say. I mean, one of my favorite things about working there so far is just all the really cool people that I get to work with. Just it's a lot of fun. And like, what I really like about it is, uh, you know, kind of when we uh, formed the when we kind of were like at that juncture point for what eventually became the Pear Bear Pair, the original (laughs) pair. It kind of like hanging out with them kind of reminds me of like that original pair and just kind of what it was like getting to work together with you and. Um, so just, kind of like that, just like that just funness and um, also you know like doing like really good work and like kind of working to get inside it's just in a fun environment kind of like I mean that except like imagine like if there were like 10 more of us
0: <laughs> oh man but you, know, you guys must be the nerdiest group out there then in California I feel
1: <laughs> it's pretty nerdy <laughs>
0: so We've been super productive. Uh, we got some good feedback from um, some, some people, which has been great. And I'm really excited because you know I was able to come up with a list of um, shows. So we have I'm excited, a lot of exciting topics coming out. Um, and today is kind of like the start off of that list is uh, dynamic search ads. And so um, actually, originally, it was supposed to be something else. But um, I just felt like we had <laughs> more information on that because I didn't have time to do research for some of the other stuff I wanted to, the other topics. So we pushed that one back. But this is super relevant because this is something I've been currently working on. And then, um I, Reece, I'm sure you've worked on some of this stuff. And I know as soon as I mentioned that we were switching topics, you are like, oh, I've got a lot to say about DSAs. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so you being the resident uh, AdWords PPC strategy guy, um, I guess just introduce us to what DSAs are, DSAs are. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, apparently, I couldn't tell from your tone.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I like DSAs uh, dynamic search ads campaigns. They're really cool. Um, basically DSAs leverage the existing crawling technology of Google. So basically the same way that Google crawls pages and scans them for content and organizes them according to whatever someone searches, DSAs leverage that technology to pair people up with, um, basically to serve ads to people who, um, search something that might not be a keyword that you're actively targeting but could be something related to the content on your site. So a good use case and one that I usually use them in is e-commerce campaigns where um, you, know, you might be targeting like a pretty good amount of products and product categories but uh, maybe it doesn't make sense at least at first to build out um, a campaign for you know every single product, especially if you've got products like in the thousands. DSAs really help with coverage of all of those additional products
0: i think that's like what's the nice part what's the uh, the nice part about it is i mean like you said he's using the crawling technology so you know whatever you use like whatever they're using in the background for like search console or you know formerly webmaster tools um it, it's really cool and, you know you still have some control over it but it's really taking care of like the part that most advertisers um you know it's like the most important part of the ad which is the headline and it's helping mm-hmm. you fill that in without you having to You know, manage that, but also, like you said, you know, you're not, it's crawling the site for you. So, pulling out those keywords or, you know, plugging what your site is into those correct categories so you don't have to actually even manage a keyword list. As far as an active keyword list, you're still going to want to do some negative keyword stuff, but it's kind of cool that um, it gives you a little bit of a hands off approach uh, for um, keyword monitoring.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And I can give you an example right now. Like, I uh, recently took over an e commerce account and Um, I've just kind of like been helping out on it. Um, And so basically there was a DSA campaign that's been running in this account and um, they can be so useful for finding search queries that you do actively want to target. And so uh, basically as I was looking through the search query report, I noticed what looked kind of like a, like a product number, like a SKU number that was in this campaign and the revenue and return on ad spend was crazy from it. It was just, it was really, really good and way above the, um, goals for the account. And so I noticed that there hadn't been like a, a campaign set up just targeting like product SKUs like that one. Um, and uh, that can be normal just because uh, depending on like what industry or what products you're uh, advertising for, SKU numbers might not be the most popular search term. Um, but after some look at the keyword planner, these turned out to be uh, good terms. So I went ahead and built out a campaign Based around that one uh, term that I found in the dynamic search ads uh, search query report, basically just kind of using that as a signal for a broader theme, and so built out that campaign targeting just the SKUs, and it's done pretty well. Like over the last week and a half, Um, basically like in just uh, like a little over a week, it's brought in like a couple thousand in revenue, and the return on ad spend's been over twenty, which is um, pretty significant for that account.
0: You know, one thing that I've noticed with the DSAs is, is that they're super helpful for kind of like, you know, figuring some of that stuff out. So sometimes you may not know, I mean, you'll, you know, you'll you'll do your keyword research, but you won't miss necessarily know what what else might be your users might be search querying when they're like searching for your product or your services, whatever the case may be. And it's super helpful in finding um, that information out, you know, again, so you're not actually having to manage a set of keywords, but you still get all the benefits of like the, negative keywords and the search terms reports that uh, AdWords has to offer, which is really helpful. And um, and again, you don't have to do a lot to even get that. Because again, before you would have to actually set out your, you know, figure out what match type you want to use, figure out what those keywords are, you know, go through a little, all these steps and here you can just like turn a DSA on and it helps collect that information for you off the bat.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And just to um, kind of provide some context on what that all looks like in terms of setting up a DSA campaign. um, Basically, you kind of go through the process of setting up a search campaign like you normally would, except in this case you just check off dynamic search ads and, um, you input the domain that you'll be targeting. And at that point, uh, instead of setting keyword targets, you'd be setting auto targets. And these are just kind of like different groups of pages, individual pages, um, or you could even target all pages on your site, um, depending on how granular you want to get. Um, and one thing that I really and always recommend is for DSA campaigns, because you're just kind of uh, you're giving a fair amount of control to Google, and they're just associating people searches with content on your site. Um, I definitely recommend having a lower bid than you might normally set for a keyword, and that'll definitely help prevent any situation where you've got like lots of just uh, totally irrelevant queries coming in that you're bidding way too much
0: for. And that's what, like, well, I have a question on that too, in our show notes here. But uh, I kind of want to jump back a little bit and talk about, you know, structuring a, a DSA campaign. Because yeah, like, um, you know, from the outset, everything is like the same. So when you think about, you know, structuring your campaigns, I just love to, love to get your insight on this. Because, you know, as I like to affectionately call you the PPC Iron Man, um, <laughs> you know, you know, all the setting, you know, kind of how you go about structuring your campaigns and how you're going to set up your ad groups, and then obviously you kind of just. You know, it writes the headlines for you, but you still get to control the, the, the description and the, the sub, the, you know, some of the vanity URL, which is nice. But how would, like, is there anything that you do differently when you set up a, a DSA campaign, or do you just kind of apply your same um, logic and me- me- methodology to to this?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I've been a fan of single keyword ad groups for a while, and um, we use single keyword ad groups at Client Boost also. Uh, with DSA campaigns, I feel like that exact same methodologies, a little difficult to transfer over. Like, it, it'd probably be, like, it'd be really intense to do, like, single-page like single page ad groups for all the pages <laughs> on your website. Like, that'd be insane to monitor. Um, so there are two basic ways that I've been going about it. I set up a DSA campaign today for a different client. And uh, this client store, uh, kind of like um, clothing for women and girls. And they have, like, a few major categories where it's like they're like their shirts dresses and a couple of other things and so i set up my ad groups by those categories because um they were you know pretty they're fairly significant um amounts of website coverage like kind of around like seven to fifteen percent but uh so you know it's a, a significant enough chunk but at the same time not so broad that the ad group or whatever is meaningless um then there might be other situations too where um, you, maybe you don't have a ton of products, but you kind of want to get um, maybe just some of that extra coverage that you might from a DSA campaign. And so you could just target all web pages. Um, that is fairly broad, but again, makes sense if you don't have a ton of categories. So I would go probably like either all pages or depending on how defined your categories are, segmenting your ad groups by categories.
0: So like you said, you know, this is a little bit different from keywords where, you know, even if you're not doing like a single keyword ad word group um, or a skag, you know.
1: Actually, sorry, I don't want to cut you, you off, know, but I just you know, realized like for DSA campaigns, you can do skags that are single category ad groups.
0: <laughs> is it a single category? Oh, I guess it is still kind of technically a skag. If you uh, yeah. just bend skag your... Skag with a C. Yeah, bend your uh, C a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, so I was going to ask, like, is that, would you... Would you use multiple like if you have like so you know there's like other ad group or there's other styles of setting up your AdWords where you could you know have like the traditional like you know um ad group with you know like you know five ten keywords in it you know whatever the case is um would you want to do something similar with DSAs where you have a you know your your ad group so um like you said you have one where you have like it based out on the styles of clothes or like you know like shirts or dresses or whatever but then would you have like the just crawl the pages that's Pages contain like, you know, slash shirts uh, shirts, and then slash like button ups. Would you want to keep like put two auto targets in there or put category like menswear? Like, Would you want to put multiple things into one ad group like auto targets or would you just want one per um, ad group? Uh,
1: That's a good question. I think, again, it kind of it depends on I would say one, like how many products you have and if getting a little more granular like that is going to be meaningful. But two, like. I think what it comes down to is, um, maybe you might want to think of it, uh, in terms of like which product categories are you going to have like the most meaningful difference in your margins on. So like, um, maybe your margins don't differ a whole lot by like between like t-shirts and, um, like tank tops or whatever, but button up shirts or like button down, whatever button down, button up, um, those shirts, maybe there's like a, fair enough difference in margin that you want to have that segmentation there. And maybe uh, jeans is like another case. So, you know, I would say like if if you want to save yourself headache of, um, you know, of like not delving into territory of diminishing returns, Mm -hmm. then also consider just setting up your, your ad groups by margins and what makes sense there.
0: Oh, that's good. That's a, uh, that's really good insight. Cause yeah, I know right now Um, like, so another way I've been thinking about it is, you know, part of like, you know, and I got this from one of client plus uh, blog posts actually is when one way to look at PPC is not about um, talking about like, I think it was like, uh, I forget which I don't think it might've been from like their current thing that they uh, they ran a while back, the six day AdWords thing tool belt. And, yeah. and I think it was Jonathan Dane's first article, like people just waste too much time on research. And it's like your whole goal with PPC is to, you know find places where you can expand and um some of the one of my one like one of the DSA campaigns we have for one of our clients um it just seemed like very hyper focused, and you know I could see that in like the the data that is just you know we weren't getting like the the conversions or anything that we really wanted. so I added a couple more auto targets using a, a couple of categories and a couple of additional pages just to try and expand it out, and then they had a general one that i I did add the all web pages to just to give it a little bit more broader reach and just see if we catch anything else on there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, and I think that's a, it's a great approach to it. I mean, use something like a DSA campaign that's going to be kind of at a lower scale, lower bid. Um, increase your reach by a little bit. Identify a theme that's going to give you some really good ROI across the board. And then you know set up something uh, kind of like the SKU campaign that I mentioned earlier that really hones in on that specific theme and targets it in such a way so that um, you can really maximize your audience for what you already know is going to perform well
0: yeah and i think that's probably the most important thing is to i mean you're gonna to want to like this is something that you can definitely help like mix and match with like this wouldn't necessarily just be one campaign that you run it'd be something that could help build out other campaigns for you whether that is like an actual single keyword ad group ad word group as you were mentioning with like the skags or not the skags SKUs. too many acronyms with the two initials being sk <laughs> um where you can set up a skag with the SKUs like you were talking about earlier and you can find that with stuff that you might not have noticed otherwise because of how like google's collecting information is super helpful with the dsa and then like i guess you know is it you know i guess also like who would you i know you mentioned earlier like this is something that's really good for like if you have an e-commerce especially if like a lot of products and you know you just want to like maybe get something out there where the where the management is going to be the i guess more technical so it's not as um you know, you're having to manage all those various keywords that would be in a uh, play with that. Is there anyone else that you would recommend some of these for, or?
1: That's a good question. Um, I want to say like, I, <laughs> uh, I heard about a use case the other day that kind of branches outside of that. And I wanted to look it up, um, earlier today, I just didn't have a chance. So maybe I'll uh, send it to you so we can include it in the show notes. Um, I would say that's probably like e-commerce stuff is going to be 90% of the use case. Um, if you're kind of like, like a home services company or you've got like one major service offering, uh, I don't think a DSA campaign is going to really add a whole lot of value to you. And if you really just at that point, if you, if you're like a lead gen company and you really want to use a campaign for search query mining, then at that point you might, you might just be better off. Um, kind of duplicating a currently existing campaign you have and just targeting like all straight up broad match variants of uh, whatever keywords you're already using. I think okay. that'd probably be more useful than a DSA.
0: Well, what if your e-commerce though but you only sell like a very um, a small set of products. Would you still want to use it even if it's like 10 products? or is this, is this really like really big e-commerce like where you just have a ton of like products and you're just trying to figure out maybe what people are searching for or information <laughs> such as that?
1: Um, I would say well, that's a good question too. I mean, ten products uh, probably probably not a whole lot of additional value, um, just because like I feel like the the biggest selling point of a DSA campaign is that it, it leverages crawling technology to expand your coverage. And with ten products, you're already like pretty certain of everything that you want to reach out <laughs> and touch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, like a hundred plus products is probably like where it starts to make more sense.
0: How does this like uh, affect maybe if you're running like a shopping campaign, or does it?
1: Um, I mean, I think it just it, again, it's one of those things that supplements a shopping campaign, um, and I guess kind of like my, I guess this is just a little bonus thing, but kind of like my my Maslow's hierarchy of um, e-commerce <laughs> effectiveness when it comes to average <laughs> accounts is like um, generally just you know being very general. Um,
0: this is about to be Bible Ten Commandments truth right here. So everyone, listen up.
1: No, it's probably, <laughs> this is probably going to be like absolute heresy right here. Like, <laughs> like all the other um, really knowledgeable folks of PPC chat are probably going to start like waving pitchforks at us for um, as general as I'm about to get. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do the the bad PPC thing and I'm gonna kind of drop my whole it depends thing right here and I'm just gonna go with some just generalities real quick. And say that in general, when I'm looking at what I trust to produce the most ROI for me in an e-commerce account, the first thing that I'm going to look at is shopping. The second thing that I'm going to look at, and I'm just not even going to factor in remarketing right now because that throws a whole other wrinkle into it. So first thing is shopping. Um, The second thing that I'm going to look at is um, search, and probably like tertiary thing, like I'm just like search keywords campaigns. Uh, Third thing. dsa and so again i'm not including any like display youtube remarketing any of that Um, but the important thing about that is like what you can do if especially like your dsa and your shopping are uh gonna feed into your search and both of those are gonna produce really good queries that you can add to like active you know search keywords that are targeting like whether they're like. you know, if you if you do like an alpha beta structure, that's, you're going to find good exact match queries to add to that. Or if you're doing single keyword ad groups, then those queries are going to help you find uh, good new single keyword ad groups to add. So um, especially like the reason I put shopping at the top of that list is because if I find queries that are repeatedly performing well in shopping, then that's something that I should definitely be supplementing uh, with on a search campaign. That way I can have a search ad and a shopping ad showing for a, a really good query.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think uh, I mean I think that all makes sense too. It's it's really like you know it's really about taking up that space and being like you know kind of keeping in mind what the searcher's intent is too. And you know e-commerce is typically going to be more you know probably direct last click uh, setup than than most other uh, products, especially if you're doing lead gen. So I think yeah. that, I think that makes definitely makes sense. And then, yeah, then you just want to take up real estate, especially if it's for something that. You know, it's going to lead to, as you pointed out earlier, especially if it's a high margins thing, you're going to make sure that you're taking as much real estate on that screen as you can.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, so I mean, and I think what's cool too about DSAs is that you can even help like keep some of the, you know, you can exclude some specific pages if you want as well. I'm like, if you don't want, obviously you don't ask I me, mean, you might not need people to crawl your blog. You, might, you might not need people, you're not, you're sorry, you might not need Google to uh, crawl your like blog or career pages. So I think that's probably cool that you can also you can actually still um uh, uh, implement some of those like um exclusionary or negative keyword stuff into the your your campaign
1: yeah exactly yeah uh, you can set negative pages and I totally agree with you like career pages like probably like if you're you know selling products or services like you definitely most likely don't want that unless you've got some weird data su- to suggest otherwise and same thing with the blog
0: so for the most part you you pretty much you treat your d s a as like a a typical campaign that you would build out in terms of how you think about structure, you know, how you think about what, instead of keywords, you're thinking about auto targets and you're trying to figure out the, the best way to break things out into campaigns, ad groups and all that. Um, mm-hmm. are you still going to use the same like ad extensions that you would use like with the search, you know, expanded uh, uh, text ads or anything?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, and see one thing, um, that's kind of weird about DSA campaigns right now is they don't really have, um, Expanded text ad functionality. yet. um, I I I tried. uh, (laughs) Unless someone um finds something otherwise, uh, but they kind of have like their own ad format, which is a dynamic. Well, it's (laughs) dynamic search ad, and um, um, so the dynamic search ad kind of has like the same. Layout of the old standard text ads, which is a little unfortunate. Like, I really hope to see an expanded dynamic search ad sometime soon. But basically, like the first headline, you get no control over that. That's just a purely dynamic thing. And then you've got your two description lines and your final URL. So, I mean, one thing that I'll kind of throw out, just like something that I like to do with ad copy, and I think this is something that I might have gotten from Matt Umbro. So, shout out to him. including some dynamic keyword insertion uh, in dynamic search ads. That way you can just speak a little more specifically to like whatever product someone might be searching. So um, obviously the first, like the headline is going to be generic or dynamic anyway, but um, like if you want to include um, that same product or whatever someone's searching for in the, in the path uh, then you could just like do a dynamic keyword for, um, like men's shoes or whatever, and it's just a nice little way to make sure that that's in your destination URL or display URL, also.
0: And one thing I love about it, like doing this uh, the podcast with you, especially when we do more like AdWords heavy episodes, is I just try to mm-hmm. channel the audience and just try and like give you gotcha questions. But you always, <laughs> you're just too smart, so you just you, you Tony Stark around them, which is nice. But you know. <laughs> So one thing that, that seems really appealing, I think, about dynamic search ads, if you know, if you're not an agency, you know, you're not, you're like, you're the business person or you're you're a client, and I think what seems most appealing about them is like, you think first, like, oh, I don't have to manage keywords, I like that a lot. I don't want to worry about that. I'm not a marketer. You know, I'm just trying to do like whatever I do, um, and then obviously Google has, you know, its automated automated bidding structure. You know, you can set it up, where you know, Google just kind of. Has its enhanced uh, CPC stuff and other just you know t- styles of bidding structure that will you know based on the data that you have, it'll make the best decision it has. So I guess you know if you're if you're you know whether you're the client or if you're like whether you're someone who's in house or working with an agency and you're working with a client, um, I guess how do you uh, how do you set expectations for for clients when they think about DSAs? they are like oh it's just this, I can just set it and forget it right? You know I can have like my automated ads I can have my automated bidding it'll be perfect I'm gonna get tons of money right like how do you how do you how do you address that question
1: (laughs) no i mean like i mean set it and forget it's fine like if you're okay with having like zero consistency in your (laughs) adwords campaigns and life in general i guess (laughs) Um.
0: just throwing their life Um. under the bus man
1: (laughs) um So, I mean, I I was talking to a client uh, that set up a DSA campaign for his account earlier today and was kind of just giving him a a rundown of what to expect from that campaign. And generally what I say about DSA campaigns is um, I consider them like primarily a keyword research tool and secondarily something that's going to kind of generate like some incremental revenue from those new searches we discover. And, um, what I like about them, in, in my experience, the way they've typically worked out is because I like to use a uh, pretty low bid with them since I know I'm not going to have a ton of control. Whenever they do find queries that are worth adding to other campaigns, um, they typically do have a pretty good return on ad spend. So, I mean, I, I feel like if you've got something like you've got a really effective keyword research tool that also kind of generates a nice little return on ad spend for you, then I feel like that's a kind of a win-win thing.
0: It's like if you had like SCM Rush or SpyFu, and they were paying you. I feel,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if, if instead of paying a monthly subscription to SCM Rush, you just like received a check from them, then who wouldn't want that?
0: <laughs> exactly, and I don't know, I think that I think that's super helpful. I think that's kind of like the hard part. And you know, this is one thing I've talked. To, um, I've heard our CMO kind of mention. It's like you know, as, as digital marketers, like kind of what we do is behind this like behind this curtain thing, and it's all magic to everyone that doesn't understand it, and so. When you hear stuff like, it's, oh, it's automated, oh, it's, you know, I'm you know i going to give pretty much my life, put my life in the hands of Google, or your business's <laughs> life in the hands of Google, um, you know, it sounds all oh, perfect because Google knows what they're doing. So I can see how sometimes in my head I'm like, no, it's not, you don't want to, don't give your life to Google. Yeah. <laughs> don't buy Google's phone. It's too much control already.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're going to give your life to a search engine, then uh, give it to Bing because I'll at least buy you dinner and drinks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like that that's a that's a nice little plug, so but cool and, and you know what i I think yeah, I think that's kind of like the best way to think about it. like that's a really good way to kind of sum all this up is just it's basically a really effective um keyword research tool basically that will pay you though <laughs> yeah, yeah well, hopefully 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 if it's it's run well it'll it'll pay you that's that's the ultimate goal, obviously <laughs> I mean, is there anything final things that you kind of want want to drop in on some d s a knowledge, anything else that you kind of recommend or just you know, you know, the ways that you look at it.
1: Yeah. You know, so I'll go ahead and say like, if you want to, you can also just go ahead and layer on some remarketing audiences to the ad groups within your DSA campaign and just set them as bid only. Um, that way you're just collecting data. But you know, if you do see a situation where people who interact through a DSA campaign, um, and are on your remarketing list if they if they convert at a higher rate or you get better return on ad spend from them then uh, you know just use that as an opportunity to increase bids on those people
0: i like it it's helpful as always it's the best well man i think that was good i, li- I really that was fun i think um you know again this is like i said i've been having to take on more uh, ppc responsibilities which has been fun though and again doing a show like this with uh, someone i considered an expert is it's o- it's always good For me and I think um, You know if I'm getting Something out of it I think our audience is too And you know that's That's our whole hope With this podcast Is just to share like Useful and um, Insightful information uh, With you guys Cool
1: Yeah I know We've gotten uh, You know some Solid feedback so far Um, Part of me is just Kind of like Waiting for the day When like Someone calls us out And it's like Like Some of that information Wasn't helpful (laughs) Like
0: (laughs) Oh that's That's a BD though That's 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 what we want, because uh, I think that's uh, that's half of my fear, especially uh, when we do these uh, more AdWords or PPC heavy stuff. Because I am always afraid I am going to say something completely stupid. You know, I, I think that's that. Everyone has like their own like philosophy when it comes to digital marketing, and it's you know some stuff I read like from like people I like, and like they'll say something that's like, no, that just sounds so stupid. Why would you do that? <laughs> and it's like they're this expert, but I've seen like st- I've seen stuff that like completely like kind of goes against that. I am like, mm, I guess if it works for you, but I am going to do what works for me. So. And again, it yeah. goes back to like what you were saying earlier, like, and even one of our first episodes you mentioned, like, you know, it's, it all depends. It's like, and you know, if it works for you, then that's great. I mean, audiences are just so, you know, depending on what your business is, depending on who your audience is, it can, it can wild vary. Uh, very, um, it can be very different. Feel like-
1: exactly. Yeah. And you know, that kind of brings up something that I've been thinking about. Um, uh, and it's kind of like, you know, you'll see like different, you know, like other, uh, you know, experts in different digital marketing spaces, like everyone kind of varies in like their own style and approach because it always does depend. But, you know, I feel like in a way, like a lot of times, like someone who's going to like, every time you've got like an expert in their own right, I, I feel like some function of that expertise is also how willing they are to kind of champion their own style and trust themselves to, um, do what they know best in the way they know how to do it best.
0: So one thing, as like I said, like uh, you know, kinda of doing more PVC stuff is that means I'm having to do like more copywriting. And this is where I think like your English degree helps more because I noticed I'm talking with um like when I do like my uh, little meetups with our with our boss, um the technical side of me definitely stands out and was like, this is the most logical way to write this ad. And he's like, Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's not how people think. And I'm like, well people are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I have this book, um, he recommended I check out and I've, you know, I've gone through it and it's, it's been really good and it's been really helpful because some of it's like very practical. I was telling him, there's a, there's a chapter in here about, um, negative social proof and, oh, sorry, I guess I should tell you the book. The book's called, uh, yes, uh, 50 scientifically proven ways to be persuasive. And, um, it's really interesting. And one of the chapters is about negative social proof and how, um, it was like this case study with, uh, the national park, one of the national parks and how they had these signs up saying how like, you know, you know, 14 million tons or, you know, whatever the number was, uh, people are, are uh, uh, petrified, you know, wood is being stolen from the park. And the idea was that I was supposed to curb people from doing that. But then people were like, oh, no, all the wood's disappearing. I better get mine before it's gone. And so it actually, like, was contributing to people taking wood from the park. <laughs> so, <laughs> I th- so it's been a good book, and it's been something that's been helping me, like, especially when I've been writing ads, because, you know, a lot of the stuff we talk about here um, so far has been about the technical side of, of AdWords, um, you know, the technical side of, you know, digital marketing. But, you know, it's, it's also a creative field. And so, um, you, know, you, you know, what the person actually sees on the other end is going to be the actual ad and all the stuff, the, all the cool things that we do in the background whatever the ad says and that's what's going to you know help your client you know do well or not at the end of the day at some point
1: exactly the ad is the only part of your account someone sees
0: so as a so i'm sure like the english part helps you out a lot which is nice yeah a
1: little bit <laughs>
0: and then i was also saying so uh i just saw power rangers the, the new one this weekend and it's actually pretty good like don't have high expectations like don't go in like thinking like Oscar but if you just go in like winning a good movie I would recommend seeing the Power Rangers movie <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you go in thinking Golden Globe at least
0: um, you can go in thinking technical category for Golden Globe
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. but how about you man do you have anything um, that, that you've like you, you know whether it's like help like marketing related or even just for fun uh, something that you would recommend
1: Um, I have two recommendations, which are pretty unrelated to marketing. Um, so my first recommendation, um, I probably don't really like, I mean, people are probably checking it out anyway, but those two new Dave Chappelle specials (laughs) that just happened on Netflix. I knew that was uh, coming. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I know like, I mean, you loved them just as much as I did. Um, talking with a couple of other people, I've heard that their thoughts are that it's okay. And in my opinion, saying that the new Dave Chappelle, Chappelle specials are okay is simply not okay. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. It's because um, you know I uh, you know. Believe in the importance of having a good high quality product as much as any other American, but I also believe in the importance of process. And I think that process is something that doesn't get a whole lot of uh, consideration. And the fact that Dave Chappelle was able to, you know, kind of like bring his process back to us again, um, I find that very miraculous and I love it.
0: I agree with this recommendation, it is awesome. I approve. Mm-hmm. I approve. What was the other one? Nice. Or was that was it? Yeah. One and
1: two. Oh, yeah. My other one. My other recommendation is, um, if you so, um, check out a thrift store is my recommendation, which is not. And I so I say that because it's not something like uh, that I'm normally a fan of. But I went to a thrift store um, like one or two weekends ago, and I found a really cool, like this really nice, like cognac brown leather jacket. And I got it for like 25 bucks, which is unbelievable.
0: I feel, um, California would be the place to go to thrift stores too.
1: <laughs> I think California thrift stores might be better than San Antonio thrift stores, but you're in Austin, uh, you're in Austin now. So you, you've definitely got like, you know, that's, that's some quality of thrift store. I feel like Austin people, if anyone in Texas are going to gravitate towards thrift stores the most.
0: I feel that I'm, I'm have to take you up on that. I'll have to test that out and see, uh, yeah. see if I find anything for our, for our next episode. So
1: yep if we have any listeners like in outlying rural areas, that might not be a recommendation (laughs) so much.
0: Uh, Well, I love it, man. I'm glad that we're kind of, uh, we got, we got a nice like schedule coming forward. I think we have some really cool topics coming up. Um, I really like this DSA thing, especially since I've been playing around with it recently. So I'm glad uh, you're able to share some like really, really useful insights. And um, yeah, hopefully we can, we can also share just some fun recommendations that, you know, we, we do that's not, you know, you always want to do, share stuff that's also fun because like, you, sometimes you do need a break from all the numbers, from all like just the strategy thinking and you know all that stuff. You need to take a break and just have fun. So hopefully Dave Chappelle and the Power Rangers can do that for you this, <laughs> this these next two yes. weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And you know what? I, I don't want to belabor stuff, but yes, we do have a pretty cool roster of new episodes in the works and um, I feel like because of it, we're going to be almost as prolific as Drake and pretty soon um people's reactions to our episodes are going to be like people's reactions to drake albums so like the next one's going to come out and people are going to listen to it and they'll be like uh oh, it's pretty good i like the last one better
0: <laughs> see th- <laughs> these, these are the bars we set for ourselves and i appreciate it <laughs> well guys um you can always connect with us on the pair bear pair uh podcast by visiting our website PearBearPear.com, for all of our episodes um, you can also check out soundcloud and itunes where you can leave us a comment you know rate us let us know how we're doing you know are we as prolific as drake Was the last episode actually better than the current episode we don't know until you tell us so that'd be really helpful <laughs> you can also even just you know interact with us on twitter um reese is at papa reese and you can also find me at Pompa. so we love interacting with you guys and you know, give us feedback. And, I mean, that's that's the one thing we love the most. Being, and, again, like this whole, this whole in the next few episodes uh, were, some, were some really great feedback from one of our listeners, which was uh, awesome.
1: Yes. And if you like our show, please share share it, review it. That way other people can find us too.
0: Just because I'm in Austin and Reese is in California, you know, two, you know, creative-driven areas doesn't mean we have ever figured out how to actually end an episode creatively yet. <laughs> <laughs> um I think in in honor of the 90s, just go go Power Rangers.